Welcome to Answers May Vary. Each week we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Handley. And together with you, we're Three Heads. This week's dilemma is, I'm going to be honest, not a dilemma, and it came from very close to home. (laughs) As in, it came from my home. (laughs) And yet, how could we say no? (laughs) My son is currently in fifth grade, and he, for the first time, read adaptations, young reader adaptations of Shakespeare plays. He did Macbeth and Hamlet. Which one did he like better? Oh, I think he liked Macbeth better, I think. I I mean, it's hard for this child to pick a favorite. Okay. Well, that's always always been the case. (laughs) (laughs) He learned it from his mother. (laughs) Um, So that made him very interested in Shakespeare. And he read all the YA adaptations that this author had done of Shakespeare's plays. And so he wanted to know what our favorite plays to teach were. So that's what we're talking about today. For him, but I think it will have a broader appeal than just my house. (laughs) What are your favorite plays to teach? It's not unlike the episode that we did of our favorite novels to teach, which we'll include linked in the show notes. As we were talking over how we would actually answer this question, we realized, I don't know that we can put together our favorite plays to teach in the same way we did our favorite novels so much as these are the plays we taught. And so let's talk about what we like about them and why and kind of the evolution of assigning them and why you should maybe teach them in your class or what's an approach that worked for us. So, but we're missing some from this. Oh, what are we missing? Romeo Uh, and Juliet's not. Oh my gosh. How did I not add that? Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and add that now. So probably the play we taught most often was Julius Caesar. And I know there are lots of people who don't like Julius Caesar. And I understand why. It's a play that really peaks in Act (laughs) 3. There's really not a whole... uh, There were many years where we just stopped at Act 3 with our standard level students who felt tortured enough as it was. (laughs) We're like, we're going to just hit the highlights of Acts 4 and 5. You just need to know the very end. But Julius Caesar is a fun play to teach when you focus on the idea of the friendship between Brutus and Caesar and and Cassius to a lesser mm-hmm. extent, but as well. And this idea of this betrayal of this friendship that's based on what could be, mm-hmm. not on what is. Because I think that readers of the play, the audience sort of just gets on the bandwagon of yeah. like, yeah, Caesar's dangerous. We should kill him. <laughs> we should kill him. <laughs> but then you look at what evidence do we actually have that this guy is bad? Yeah. And there's not any. No. And and even what Cassius presents as being bad is really just Caesar being human. Right? So, <laughs> so when we look at that and we look at the the betrayal of the friendship as well as manipulation mm-hmm. of friendship between 
Cassius and Brutus and look at it from that perspective, I think it becomes very interesting and something that high school students can really buy into is friendship and betrayal and manipulation of friends. And then on that note of both betrayal and manipulation, you can bring in the second half of the play (laughs) um, with Mark Antony and Mm -hmm. the ways that he manipulates, whether it's in his funeral speech or the way that he lies to the (laughs) conspirators. And then ultimately defeats them and gets revenge for Caesar. But you can extend that idea of friendship and betrayal and loyalty and revenge and what do we owe our friends and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Even you even get hints of Antony. He's ready to turn on Lepidus. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in the end, that idea, the very last few lines of the play where he says that Brutus was the noblest Roman of them all, where, yeah, he was my enemy, But there's this deep respect for him Mm -hmm. as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Another play that we taught multiple times, and I think it's very accessible to Mm -hmm. students, is August Wilson's Fences. It does at times feel a little Mm heavy-handed, but it's probably more heavy-handed to us as English teachers and probably English teachers having read and taught it multiple times. Mm -hmm. I don't think we thought the first time through that it was heavy handed. But definitely after we taught it three or four times, we're like, oh my gosh, okay. (laughs) All right with this fence. (laughs) But for me, it's also tied in with Raisin in the Sun. Those two plays feel Mm -hmm. very of the same um, moment in history. And I think that students tend to like those Mm -hmm both of those plays very much. And I think that there's a lot there to discuss. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a lot of pain in those plays that can be difficult to navigate in a way that is sensitive Mm -hmm. and in a way that is respectful of the experiences Mm -hmm. of others. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny because kind of for the same reasons Kate was talking about, I've had a roller coastery relationship with it because mm-hmm. I think I did go through a season where I was like, I just, I need a break. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But I've come back around to where I think I would include it regularly in my mm-hmm. curriculum for a lot of reasons. What it is important to present a different experience and to do that with sensitivity, to mm-hmm. open our worldview, to expand it. But also, I think we used it as almost a starter text in Mm -hmm. AP and AP Lit. And it works well for that because while, yes, as an English teacher, it does feel a little heavy handed, there is symbolism and imagery that kids can do something with Mm -hmm. that they're able to pick out and see how those symbols reinforce the meaning. And I also think if you're teaching AP Lit, It's one of those go-to texts that works for most prompts. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reminded that of that again a few weeks ago, um, working with some students to review for AP Lit. And we were going through practice prompts, and there was one student who used fences multiple times. And there were a couple of times where I was like, oh, so-and-so is going to use fences again. And then they (laughs) did it. And it surprised me. And it just really reminded me how wow, this really does work. It's such a useful text, especially because it's short. Students like it. It's Mm -hmm. accessible. And gosh, they didn't do this till we were about done teaching it. But now there's a Denzel Washington, Viola Davis film version of it that is outstanding. So (laughs) I think it's interesting that it's something that tends to be taught 
um, at the AP level, but it's something that I think would really work well in a standard yeah. level class. So for many years in AP, we did not teach Shakespeare, which I know probably sounds kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Kate went to a conference, right, where they mm-hmm. they had suggested not teaching Shakespeare because students don't always handle it well. <laughs> but we came to feel that like, you know, just in terms of preparing them to be part of the larger world to college English classes, probably we should read some Shakespeare. And so our first our first attempt was with Hamlet, which went okay. Um, but I think that's a very internal play. Yeah. Um, and I think we quickly decided to replace that with Macbeth because it was a lot more action um, and moves at a much quicker pace. And Mm -hmm. so we'll probably talk more about Macbeth here, but I did want to, I don't know. It it was, it was interesting with Hamlet and I think the kids liked it more than I expected them to, Mm -hmm. especially we, we did watch the full, like what was it like four hour version or whatever it was, (laughs) but it was kind of funny that they really latched on to um, Horatio, which I was Mm -hmm. like, this is the like, most cardboard cutout character in this play. He's not important. Mm -hmm. And yet I think that idea you were just talking about with Julius Caesar, the friendship, the loyal friend, they just really like connected to him. And this idea that this man supports Hamlet the whole way through. And I mean, when a lot of people are betraying him, so Mm -hmm. he is, he is probably the only good guy in the play, but it it was um, my son's favorite character. There you go. So (laughs) it it just was so funny. It became a joke in class Mm -hmm. that they were like, Horatio's our favorite. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. I think for Hamlet, I felt because lots of our students were taking AP psychology at the same mm. time that there was a lot of diagnosis yes. of Hamlet and like <laughs> analyzing him in a way that wasn't for literary purposes. <laughs> so I think that made it challenging. I felt like we could just do maybe some soliloquies and monologues from Hamlet and not necessarily read the whole play. I would be very curious to teach it to students who had not taken or were not taking psychology just to see what they focus yeah, on. That would be if really it's not an analysis. Because <laughs> there's a lot to do with it. Like mm-hmm. just intellectually, I enjoyed planning for it and yeah. thinking through it, coming up with lessons. But yeah, for, I blocked out the psychological analysis. There was a lot of that. I <laughs> a lot, forgot. A lot, a lot. <laughs> so Stephanie mentioned a moment ago that we taught Macbeth. We taught Macbeth at multiple levels. Yeah. We taught it to 10th grade standard level students and we taught it in AP. I think Macbeth is great. Yeah. It, it works so well. With multiple levels. With multiple levels. The only problem is you don't have a good film that you can use yeah. for it. They're because so- even though there is a Denzel Washington yes, version. Which is which good. Is very good. It is very much like a play yeah. as a film. And so I don't know that students would have as much to hold on to as they get from other adaptations. I remember but I think you don't need it as yeah. much. I just remember sitting in Kate's living room screening versions of Macbeth and being like, nope, not comfortable showing that one. Yeah. Nope, that's real weird. And yeah, it's yeah. it's. I think we've watched what at least three versions together at your house. Yeah, at least. At least. <laughs> but I think that there's 
very interesting discussions to be had and different types of discussions at different levels. But I think the idea of sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. about, again, as with Julius Caesar, that idea of manipulation, betrayal, betrayal. there's just so much to to talk about. And while Hamlet is very rich, it's sort of one note. Yeah. Whereas with Macbeth, I think you can look at a lot of different relationships and dynamics, and there's more to work with that engages students. Yeah. And I think it there's a lot of blood, there's witches. I mean, it's very exciting. I think we got a lot of buy-in with tracing Macbeth's like devolution through Mm -hmm. like sanity, morality, all of that. And it's also fun to talk about Lady Macbeth. And and really, then this is where, I mean, it's it's so nice to push them to get off the internet because we kind of push them to see a lot of times like, hey guys, like, yeah, you probably found something online that said she's crazy and evil, but maybe she's actually a really good wife. Like she's very supportive of her mm-hmm. husband. And they were like, wait, what? And <laughs> it was fun to kind of push up against those mm-hmm. common interpretations. Mm-hmm. Another fun one we did in AP was the importance of being earnest. And this one, this was a delight. Students really liked this one. Yeah. We did it because there were a few years where the college board would provide like a comedy piece and we wanted to make sure we hit on the comedic satiric techniques. We tried some short stories and those did not go great. Yeah. Um, they're just, they were not accessible. And then one was by Woody Allen and we just increasingly felt uncomfortable <laughs> with that. And um, so we kind of landed on the importance of being earnest, which it was funny when we did Pride and Prejudice, it was weird because on the one hand, it felt a little repetitive, but I think it helped a lot because mm-hmm. it was in that same kind of world and society. And so I think it prepared our students to put themselves into the context a little yeah. bit better, but they really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with it. We used the film version with a, yeah. uh, rec- I do think it's one where they need to yes. see it because you might not understand the tone in reading it. Correct. Or at least see the beginning of it so that you you get a sense of what's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And and then they really like it. And I think they actually enjoyed also the kind of differences between the film adaptation. It's a pretty good adaptation, Mm -hmm. pretty faithful. There are a couple weird parts and it's fun to watch them notice those and be like, wait, that's not in the play. Like, wait, whoa, this is weird. And yeah. it, I don't know, it's kind of a nice check to be like, hey, you actually read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We often made them be a little bit more independent on this one as well, mm-hmm. mostly because it was December and finals and semester ending mm-hmm. and, you know, but they were able to, I think, yeah. in, in ways that were still productive. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned at the beginning, <laughs> Stephanie had forgotten to include Romeo and Juliet on our list. Which is um, funny because I think it's because we only taught it once, but I really liked it. We had I taught time. it a couple of times because okay. I taught ninth grade. That's why you did. <laughs> I always forget about that. <laughs> I don't know anybody who doesn't like teaching Romeo yeah. and Juliet. I think it's something that's very accessible to to mm-hmm. students. It is probably one of his most high interest stories yes. in terms of especially for teenagers. Yeah. And I think you get a lot of buy-in just literally by the title. They have heard of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Maybe not anything else by Shakespeare, but yeah. they have heard of that. Even our lowest students, there's a little bit of like, huh, 
I, I kind of want to know what that's about. I've yeah. Heard, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the most interesting way to approach Romeo and Juliet that I have seen, and I'm not saying this just because it's how we approached it, but <laughs> we did look at lots of ways to approach it, was this idea of how avoidable yeah. these deaths were. And I think we wanted to make sure that we did it in a way that was sensitive mm-hmm. to the fact that there wasn't a huge age difference between Juliet right. and, <laughs> our, and students. our students. <laughs> so we didn't want it to be sort of like a condescending of oh, these kids yeah. kind of a thing. But like, look at the number of times where a miscommunication mm-hmm. or an overreaction to something or an irresponsible adults. (laughs) Yes, very much so. Shifted things and how these deaths could have been completely avoided had X, Y, or Mm -hmm. Z taken place and why they possibly didn't take place or how emotion Mm -hmm. and on the parts of multiple people influences behavior and how we don't see things clearly, whether that's Juliet's father or Romeo's cousin. You know, it doesn't matter that once emotion sort of gets in the way of things, we don't see so clearly. And that's essentially that's what we had them write for their final essay was who's at fault. You can Mm -hmm. pick one person, you can pick multiple people, whatever. But Mm -hmm. they wrote really they had really interesting things to say. Um, And I was I was very pleasantly surprised by and I think so often we want them to have sophisticated thoughts and they don't and I felt like that was a prompt where some of them actually had some sophisticated thoughts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. plays go well in class I think students do really well with them they tend to be higher interest than a lot of other things we yeah ask them to and to clarify we're not read and performing class people so it wasn't even that element of it that was what was engaging students yeah and and again even our even our sophomores struggling through julius caesar we weren't like reading like a play performing in class Mm -hmm. and they still hung in there with us i won't say they enjoyed it the same way that our ap students Mm -hmm. enjoyed some of the others but they still like hung in there yeah yeah thank you so much for joining us we hope that not just my son enjoys this particular topic. We hope that something we said resonated with you, that you have an idea of a play that you could introduce in your own classroom, or we have validated thoughts you had on particular plays. Or given you a new angle to explore a play. Or because answers always vary. (laughs) (laughs) Answers may vary. You may think we have totally missed the boat on Hamlet. (laughs) And we are just... We need to see the light. Yes, and we're completely (laughs) crazy for teaching Julius Caesar. (laughs) Be sure to reach out to us through email or DM us on Instagram. If you have a dilemma you'd like to talk to us about or you'd like to hear us talk about, email us at hello at threeheads.works. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.